Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation. I'm your host, Dr. Gigi Johnson. When you combine a Seattle-based Emmy Award-winning music supervisor with a promoter and a consultant from Mexico City, a lot of streaming data and a wide variety of services, you can get a new company. I was excited to interview Rosana and Efrain from Kyo 5 about how they're using streaming data and touring data to help artists and managers make better touring decisions. Why did you guys start a new adventure and what the heck is it? Actually, we started a different new adventure. When we started out, um, Efrain had this idea to try crowdfunding for concerts. And we tried it and we found a number of reasons why it didn't work. But found that as we were talking to people in the industry, they kept being interested in one aspect of uh, that business model, which was all this back-end information we were planning on collecting about tour data. So we took that and spun it off into, his new con- into this, uh, this new concept uh, that we started called Kyo 5. Um, and it's funny because I was listening to a previous episode of uh, Innovating Music, and you had Alex White on talking about Alex White from Next Big Sound, who I'm a huge fan of, who was talking about not the next big thing. And he was like, I can't tell you how many uh, crowdfunding for concerts ideas I've seen and they don't work. And, you know, smart guy. No, they don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't they work? Other than, of course, Alex is a smart guy. But uh, why, why don't they work? There's many reasons why they don't work. But the most interesting one for us is that as we started talking to artist managers, agents, artists, Artists don't want to be seen, especially artists at a certain level of success, don't want to be seen as unable to draw a big crowd wherever they want to go. So they don't want to go asking fans for money. There's a, a lot of a lot of branding issues around crowdfunding for artists. Except for maybe Amanda Palmer and a few other people were asking asking yeah. as part of their mystique. Yeah. But those are outliers. Those are outliers. So Kayo 5, you guys are growing because you saw a need for the back-end information for people who are mid-size artists, all artists. What was kind of the vibe there? There are several segments of artists that are really interested in this tour data. Up-and-coming artists want to know how to build their fan bases online and also how to get their data organized, and we can help with that. One segment of artists that's interesting to us is uh, legacy artists who have huge followings online um, and a lot of tour data and want to find out where to go next or where they might have pockets of fans that they didn't know about or places they haven't visited in a while where there's been a lot of online listening activity to their music, for example. And then a third segment that we're really interested in is foreign acts trying to break into the U.S. because we have really good data on the U.S. and we can help identify exactly where a foreign act should go to really make their tour as efficient as possible because touring abroad is super expensive. So we can help minimize the cost of going to the wrong city. Yep, and we're also checking not only uh, foreign acts that want to go to the U.S., but also established acts that want to go to another country. Like, for example, from my experience in Mexico, there are a lot of acts that sometimes they don't know they have a market in Mexico, or when the promoter brings them or someone brings them, 
they just mess up the size of the venue or the number of dates they, that they should have done. So there's a lot of opportunities uh, for artists that are going to another countries or visiting new countries or territories that they have never gone before, that they need a little bit of, uh, of advice of what size of venues play, uh, to play, how may, what, which cities, and that kind of information that we are trying to help them out to get. So you guys, though, come from different spaces, because here you're coming in with an innovation that's data and experience driven. What is your own experiences that you bring to bear to recognize this as an innovative opportunity? I've been consulting for music tech companies for years. So it's it's been my world. I'm a music supervisor by day, but I've always... Uh, been working with music tech companies to find new business opportunities, and this sort of stemmed out of that. And you're an Emmy award-winning music supervisor, yes? That's true. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're in 2017 recording this, and that was a recent event we were actually talking about before we started recording. And Efrain, what is your experience? I, I have been a promoter here in Mexico, and that's where I started seeing all the opportunities that could be seen for bringing the artists from different countries, especially because the promoters t- take most of the risk. And also my background is consulting, but it's not as fun as Rosanna in the music industry. I used to be a consultant, management consultant for a few years. You guys are stepping into space of being innovators, but in having dealt with innovation in the past... Why are you engaging in innovation at this time in music? We found that there's a need for it. So artists going on the road, there's been a lot of um, apps that are helping artists when they're actually on the road to manage merch, to sell tickets, uh, to handle the logistics of touring, but um, not really much support out there for artists to get on the road. So adoption for those apps has been pretty slow. So when we start out with this crowdfunding concept that we just we thought was a, a fun and timely idea, you know, we ended up uncovering this other greater need for uh, organization of information. And why isn't someone else already doing this? There's many or there's several companies that I'm aware of that their whole bread and butter is tour data. Is there a reason that they're not generating this innovation or it's not coming from someone who's already in this space? I think at the moment, there's a lot you can do with aggregating that information and displaying it. But really, the information, the data is coming from so many different sources. I think the challenge is really taking a holistic view at one artist tour data and coming up with recommendations for it. And that angle, you know, we're, what we do at least right now is pretty high touch. Um, we work with artists and managers to uh, really find the story that the data is telling. So what do you guys see then as, I mean, keep mentioning the word innovation, but that's kind of the theme of this podcast. What do you see as things that drive innovation, especially in music? One of the things I see is driving innovation music is the fans, the way the fans are experiencing music. So, you know, we've had a lot of innovation on the listening side, you know, with our various uh, streaming music platforms and streaming video platforms. The touring side is kind of more old school, it's more old fashioned. It is really run by, or should I say the mindset and the touring industry is uh, more old school, I think. 
of people who sort of have a sense of how the artist might do in a venue or, you know, really go by gut feelings of how many fans are in a certain city. But uh, what we're doing here, the innovation that we're pushing is we're, we're putting hard numbers behind all of that and saying, okay, here's either a confirmation of your gut feeling or nope, your gut feeling is wrong. Don't go to that city. And some of it, I think, at least seeing it from the outside, it seems that there has been separate tools that have been um, kind of silo-based. I mean, I think of Pandora, AMP, AMP, however you're supposed to say it, and other tools that help you digest a single tool set, and you're trying to pull those together? That's exactly right. And we love Pandora, AMP, and we use it a lot. But yeah, that's one of many. So what else is out there? I don't want to give away your secret sauce, but um, yeah, what are the different ways before you're, you're coming to bear that uh, an artist, their management team, uh, their promoter could, or, or a promoter themselves trying to figure out how to design concert series would take a look at this stuff? Is it just that it's been split all over the place? or? Yeah, part of it is that it's split all over the place and it will take a manager a long time to get it all together and figure out what it is and that's partially what we do we step in and do that to answer the question of what's out there for any for any artist listening here's what you should be looking at in terms of of your data pandora amp spotify for artists also really good um and one of our favorites is uh, soundcloud pro uh, they give really good detailed information on where your listeners are it's a great detail that was actually so I teach an internet marketing and branding for musicians class. And mm-hmm. one of my students who has a pretty decent sized following already, despite being a 20 year old student in one of my classes at UCLA, was able through SoundCloud Pro to look at every single fan individually. Yep. yep. Yeah. And that in, level. in a creepy level, <laughs> <laughs> dig through to see what that person was doing and all of their fandom. Um, so our are you essentially taking a bunch of aggregated and granular data? How does it all fit together? We, we not only take uh, uh, the data from, from the streaming services, we also take uh, data from different platforms. We have some proprietary databases. We, we work with the streaming services too. We get uh, the, if the artist or the manager has any good data, for example, from previous tour days from their fan club, we just grab it all together and start uh, uh, putting a little bit of magic powder and checking it, checking where are the opportunities over there. I guess, um, yeah, one important distinction to make is that it's both online and offline data. So we're looking at ticket sales. Um, we're looking for the connection between how fans are listening online and how they're actually behaving offline. I mean, are you having to essentially sell the realization that this is a problem or that this is an opportunity or are you replacing them just grinding it through on their own? No, what we're, our, um, our goal is to give them a report uh, with all the evidence they need to go to a promoter and say, we have this much evidence that our artist should play in this size venue in this city. Let's book it. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to look at why innovation or why not innovation. And to me, this seems I, I, as a, an extremely fabulous expertise, but one that there could be a gold rush of people coming into, um, unless it's just so fabulously specialized, which it sounds like what you guys are doing. Um, it, it, to me, I, I kind of always tend to wonder why now or why not now? 
and um, why why don't you have a bunch of competition or do you anticipate having a whole bunch of competition in this space? We should have competition in this space. I think from what we've gathered so far from talking to people in the industry is that there have been bigger fish to fry. Um, and I don't think people have gotten around to dealing with touring yet. And it's such a fragmented world in, in terms of the data that's available um, and the information that's available from so many different sources. It's it's really time consuming and uh, labor intensive to figure out what that data is telling you. I know this wasn't then your first direction that you pivoted into this. What other surprises have you had? Has everything been as predicted? Have have responses of people been surprising to you? Have have hiccups in the road? Yeah, the the main hiccup is when a manager uh, will say, "I don't need your report. I've I've been working with this artist for twenty years, and I know where all their fans are located." So there's a lot, like I was saying, there's a lot of this old school mindset. People who are making those touring decisions don't want to be surprised. Um, so that's the biggest challenge for us is convincing people who are not used to dealing with data and not used to making data-driven decisions that they should be doing that because they find it offensive. They find it um, offensive to their judgment. Or gauche. Uh-huh. Or their, their, val- their value is their expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in some cases, for example, I think that um, some bands or some artists that are already in an established level, they are comfortable already doing a certain circuit. One year they do the primary markets, New York, LA, San Francisco. Then next year they do the secondary market and maybe, I don't know, Montreal, Oklahoma, that kind of cities. Next year they spend it on holidays and and um, uh, recording a new album, and they do it all over again. I, they don't. Some of them don't really care about opening new markets. Going, for example, I don't know, to Mexico, going to Asia, visiting other countries in Latin America. For me, that's really surprising because I think in, in this uh, global market, it should be to try to reach out as many fans as possible and to be build a bigger crowd because you never know when you're gonna stop being relevant in the U.S. And you can um, cash in on all the fans uh, that you have, for example, I don't know, in Asia or Japan, like I, a lot of uh, legacy acts are doing already. And I think also that that international markets themselves are growing and having exposure to artists through the various streaming services that would have been harder to do before, yes? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. And we're, for example, uh, talking about that, we are preparing a pretty interesting article that we are doing the, the research. Uh, we're checking about an index. We want to compare how the U.S. faces against in, into other markets, for example, in Europe and Latin America. Because for, let's say, uh, a band like that comes from from uk uh, stone roses that in the uk they are humongous they play festivals they play for fifty thousand people but when you bring them to the states they will probably play in theaters so it's interesting to have the compare the comparison and also see maybe in latin america you make less money from the box office but you are selling 10 times more tickets so it's really important to see all to figure out all the scope and see where are the, where there are new opportunities on the market because it may sound that they are far, but you can make a, maybe way more money than you are doing in a couple of dates in the states. 
And also, I think you have the technologies now to see what other artists are doing, to be able to sort of spy on other artists who are in that geography or in that demographic that you probably didn't have before. So just not not just knowing your own fan base in that area, but being able to kind of see lookalike audiences and and, and see into other spaces, I would think that would make this a richer opportunity now. Exactly, totally. You're totally right. It's it's super interesting to see, uh, for example, let's say a band wants to go tour in Nashville and they are playing country. Well, it, it's kind of a good market to go to if you've never been there. Like, it's important to see if other artists are doing well, what size of venues they are selling, how much they are charging. There's a lot of opportunity to innovate in that aspect and see and embrace all of those. So you guys are in some exciting spaces and um, looking at a lot of change. What are you seeing that needs to happen coming up the pike, not just in your area, but improvements, frictions, things that you see would be the next area that might be the next innovations? I think there's a space in innovation especially in the supply and demand for humongous tours let's talk about the u2s the adels like this the blockbusters of every summer like it's for me it's ridiculous that they sell out in seconds every day like there are cities that the scalping market is they make 600 percent like it's impossible to get tickets even if you are a member of the fan club I think there's there should be some innovations. I I find it that they are coming little by little. For example, for this tour, this summer tour of the Joshua Tree tour with you two, the 30th anniversary, what they are doing is you if you buy the tickets to the fan club to stop the scalpers, you cannot go in in the venue except with your credit card and with your whole party with you. They have done it in the past, but in this time, if from what I've heard and from what I read on on different specialized articles. It's, it's going to be tougher and you have to go in straight. So that kind of market, I think it's where there's a lot of opportunity to either A, the artists get all that money that the scalpers are getting, or B, figure out a new company, maybe maybe Stop Hub or all race or tickets, something like that, just to get in there and figure out new ways to, to take that money. <laughs> Are there maybe one or two other companies that you see doing cool things besides you guys that you're excited about? Yeah, I, well, I think the, um, the, all the dashboard companies are really interesting. And I love different visualizations of data that make it easier to understand. So that's, uh, that's something that I get really interested in when I see those pop up. And on a totally different note... Wristband companies are really interesting. I'm seeing, you know, when I'm going to festivals, I'm seeing lots of different ways to use those wristbands and get access to things. And I think that's really cool, too. So can you give some examples of dashboard companies and wristband companies? I I can talk about Next Big Sound. Um, You know, I've always been a fan of what they're doing. And, you know, it's interesting in my music supervision work, I frequently use their reports to compare artists. So if I'm on a, a project where we really need a name brand artist and uh, we want to understand the reach of that artist, what's going to be the implication of us having this artist write the theme song for the show versus that artist write the theme song for the show, I will use the next big sound report to build my argument. So that's been really valuable to me. Well, I know that you need to, to head off, but any last thoughts before we wrap up here? 
for example, I was just thinking about another interesting innovation that I want to see what's going to happen. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, Pono just announced that they are leaving the market, Mule Young's uh, HD track uh, audio company. And they are planning on going on streaming and going for the audiophile market. So for me, like I, I heard Tidal already wanted to do that. And I, I, I'm really engaged and I'm really interested on what's going to happen there because I, I, I'm a music lover and I'm an audiophile. So it's for me, it's something that has to be kept um, I will keep an eye on, and I think there's something uh, interesting brewing over there. I, I believe a little bit in Neil Young. Excellent. So you guys are a new company. How would people find you? Kayo5.com. Uh, it's C-A-Y-O number 5.com. And we will continue to follow your ongoing adventures. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be Thank here. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Many thanks to the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation for being our hosts of this ongoing series. You can subscribe to us in all the usual places, or you can come find us at innovation.schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. Join us again to follow the other adventures that we will be tracking down in Innovating Music. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.